You know when WWE had the anonymous general manager? They could like oh. do that. They they could like get, do that with Eric Tillman. Yeah, they'll get Rod Black to walk up to the laptop and everybody will just yeah. turn the channel. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a double double it's time for the two and out podcast ready set hunt. welcome to episode i think we're at 17 now of the two and out cfl podcast it is travis cura but no john fraser today so if you were thinking of buying him any sort of a christmas gift buy him an agenda because the guy's an idiot uh, <laughs> oh yeah, don't laugh over there We got a special guest uh, co-hosting the show today Good old general hand grenade Riding in a motorcade Sipping on a lemonade Waving at his fans Isabella Band-Aid Waving at the shrine parade Eating toast and marmalade Getting sticky hands uh, Yes, we could call him the official intern of uh, of the show, and I, I think that's a step above friend of the podcast, intern of the podcast, because it is Brazilian Tyrell. How's it going? I'm, I'm wonderful. Thanks for uh, stepping <laughs> up for uh, Mr. Agendaless John Fraser. Wow, I mean, a surprise press conference for the Huskies doesn't seem like a very viable excuse to me, but it'll work. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we need to have an official job interview on the air because I have a feeling that you might be the permanent uh, co-host on this show in the near future. If, if that's what it's going to take. I mean, I thought getting a Brazilian and Grey Cup was going to be enough of an interview. <laughs> okay, first question. Uh uh, what makes you think you're qualified for this position? I'm not John. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's really good to talk about your strengths and things like that, but what is what are your weaknesses? Uh, I'd say I work too hard. <laughs> well, then you're not hired because apparently for this job, you don't show up and you still can come on whenever you want. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess I'll look somewhere else then. <laughs> now, come on. I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stay. Okay, so uh, the big reason we got you on, uh, of course, you are famous in the CFL community. At least I'd like to think you are. because In our podcast community. Yes, because you said you would get a Brazilian wax uh, if the Ottawa Red Blacks got themselves 12 wins. Well, they're halfway there. They're probably not going to get it. But you did end up saying that you will get a Brazilian because... You want to be intern of the podcast. And uh, Groupon has a deal on Brazilians in Winnipeg. Oh, you sent me that tweet and I, I shivered. I think $25 Brazilian. That's, I don't know anything about them, but that sounds pretty cheap. That tweet made me sick to my stomach. You're going to be bare and cold in Winnipeg oh. November 29th. It can't be colder than Regina was on the Friday and Saturday night, can it? It could be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll bring a jacket this time. <laughs> Nothing like waiting for a bus at 2 in the morning in minus 35 with no jacket. <laughs> we almost got booted off the bus for singing uh, campfire songs. Well, that's what we're going to call them. <laughs> we can't do that in Winnipeg now. We'll get kicked off the bus for sure. Oh, yeah. They have that law there. Yeah, what a joke. <laughs> Let's get to the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. All right, I guess the big news of the day has to be uh, the Argos getting kicked out of their own stadium. October 6th, they're playing the Red Blacks in Ottawa 
and Toronto will be the home team. Now, this is because of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays actually playing October baseball for once. Well, that's new. Yeah, and you're a Blue Jays fan, so you know the pain. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't remember 93. I would have been five, but <laughs> Blue Jays have they have the uh, the right to be like they, they are first come for that lease agreement. So the Argos knew this was coming weeks ago. However, like the Blue Jays have had to do the same thing and go to Philly and be the home team, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. The thing that's going to suck is that, or for Toronto anyway, will be that game is going to have playoff implications by the looks of things at this point. Oh, yeah. And, and having home field advantage in that game could be the difference, and all of a sudden Ottawa now has it because who's really going to make that trek <laughs> as a season ticket holder to Ottawa to go to an Argos game when they don't even go to them in Toronto? Well, the good news is that the Argos are on pace to sell out that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there will be yeah. a lot of people on the stands uh, sporting double blue that game. But uh, if if the Jays make it to the ALCS, it looks like the October 17th and October 23rd games are in trouble too. Now, if those don't happen, then that means that the Argos only had three true home games this season. Yeah, it's been a tough go of things for them, that's for sure. Like, Fort Mac, that that's the furthest north game that anybody's ever played, and that's probably the long, the furthest they've had to go to play a quote-unquote home game yeah. other than going to York. <laughs> and they're still, ma- they're still managing a running record with a backup quarterback, so... Yeah, it's really incredible what they, they've been able to do. Uh, because I have to think, next year, the Grey Cup in Toronto, you have to think that they're doing it at BMO. I, I'm thinking that they can want to distance themselves from uh, Rogers Centre as much as they can. Well, if the Jays are able to re-sign David Price, there's no reason we don't go back-to-back again. So the Argos hey. would have to figure out some scheduling issues, I'm sure. Are you saying Josh Donaldson equals uh, Joe Carter? I'm saying Josh Donaldson greater than wow. Joe Carter. Well, we'll see. If he can do it in the last at-bat of the World Series, then he may just uh, be better than Joe Carter. But that's way too much baseball talk uh, for my liking. Uh, okay, before before <laughs> we move on then, all I want to say is if the Bears still played at Wrigley, and the Cubs made the World Series, you wouldn't want the Bears still playing there. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a Bears fan. I like the See, Cubs. I'm not an Argos fan. Oh, they are my number number You'd two the, or three You wouldn't team. want the Cubbies to have to deal with having the football players rip up the turf in the playoffs. Oh, come on. What are the Argos going to rip up on the fake turf in Toronto? I'm just saying... I'm just if saying, Cubbies, if the Cubbies make the, made the playoffs and the Bears were still playing at Wrigley, you'd have no qualms about the Bears getting kicked out. Well, if the Raiders and the A's can share stadiums, why can't the Argos and the Jays? Well, because I know the Raiders and the A's both suck. But... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I did it myself. So let's get back to uh, football. I actually didn't watch a snap of National Football League football this weekend. So I I looked at the scores. I got my fantasy football team. That's about it. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders announced that Kevin Glenn is going to be the starter this weekend against Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> you're a Rider fan, too. What do you think about this? Uh, I don't hate it. But I don't like it either. It, it feels like it's a win-win and a lose-lose. Yeah, you got to give Smith reps if you want him to develop, and because Glenn's not going to be around forever to be back up to Darian Durant and all that stuff. But then you have the perception that you don't lose your job to injury. So when Kevin Glenn's healthy and can play, he comes back. Now Brett Smith loses those number one reps, so he's not going to develop as quickly as he was, or if, if people think he was developing like he was. So it's kind of a catch twenty-two, but. Like Bob Dice said, right now there's an outside outside shot at the playoffs, and they got to put the best roster on the field to start every game. Yeah, and and w- when you put it that way, I, I agree with it because uh, I was texting with Fraser yesterday, and I wrote about it on CFLPass.ca. Do the Riders have a chance at making the playoffs? Sure. Will they? No. No. <laughs> They've lost the tiebreakers uh, to both Winnipeg. And BC, and then they—they're also—they're going to have to catch Montreal as well if they want to make the playoffs. So it—it 
it basically, they're going to have to win seven of their last eight or eight of their last eight if they have a shot. So um, I, I think Smith should be starting either way. But once they're mathematically eliminated, which I think could happen in the next two weeks. Next two weeks. Yeah. Then... There's no reason to start Kevin Glenn. He's 36 years old. We know what he is. But Brett Smith, you, you need to give him those reps because Darian Durant has been injured both of the past two seasons. Maybe it's time to start developing that next guy up, and uh, we need to get him the most reps as he can possibly have. So I think he should be playing, but uh, maybe they're, they think they have a shot against Ottawa, who historically has been terrible on the road until uh, they actually just won their first game west of Ottawa <laughs> last week against the BC Lions. Which I picked Ottawa in and left Jeremiah Johnson on the bench. Oh, man. That is Still a won my matchup. Seven touchdowns in the last three games, and he had one earlier in the year. So he now leads the league in touchdowns. <laughs> so if if you're playing TSN Fantasy... Uh, he's super cheap. I, I can't see why you would not have him on your roster because if you put him there, you, you can stack everywhere else. I'm actually 69th yeah. in the country on TSN Fantasy, so thank you to uh, Mr. Jeremiah Johnson. I This is a game. I know we're going to get to the picks later in the show. I have no idea who's going to win between oh, Ottawa and Saskatchewan. God. It's a crapshoot, really. It is. Ottawa proved they can win outside the eastern time zone, that's great. But the fact that they're traveling across country to go to B.C., then they go home for the week just to fly back out to Saskatchewan, that's going to take a toll on them, I would think. But Hank the Shank going back to Regina usually puts up a pretty decent game unless it's a great cup. Yeah, poor Henry uh, heading back into that madhouse. Uh, which I don't know how it's a madhouse when they're nine games under five hundred, but... Uh, I think we both know why. Yeah. Pilsner and Great Western. <laughs> the nectar of the gods. Yes. This weekend, it looks like John Cornish is going to be ready to go for the Calgary Stampeders. Now, staying with the Stampeders, there was this weird rumor that I know made you really mad that <laughs> John Huffnagel was going to come to Saskatchewan next year? I hope not. But at the same time, I hope he does. I hate, I hate, I, I loathe the man with a passion. You have a but personal he, grudge against him because he wears the red and white. Yes, exactly what it is. But he can build, he builds winners year in, year out. You can't deny that. No. So the only thing with that is the reason I see it coming up is because Huffnagel is only giving up his head coaching position. Is that budget going to change for coaches now? So can he hire an offensive coordinator to help out Dave Dickinson, or does Dickinson have to do both now? So that that whole ownership thing, his relationship with ownership, is going to come in to factor there, I think. Because if the money's not there to hire another coach, well, is he going to want to stick around? And maybe Dave Dickinson wants that extra coach, and they don't agree on it. Yeah, That's the only way I can see it happening. But yeah, I don't really get where it came from. Anyway, there were, there were some rumors that Jim Barker out of Toronto actually started the rumor. I. I <laughs> I don't know why why any of this is going on. I feel like it sort of came out of nowhere. I, I really don't see it happening at all. And then he puts out the statement uh, basically the same day as the rumor came out. And then Arash Madani from uh, Sportsnet saying, well, that statement means that, you know, he's trying to downplay it. So maybe there is truth to this. <laughs> yeah, it's with the CFL, there's never like. If stuff gets leaked, it's, you can never really tell if it's a reliable source or not because people don't like to cite their sources. It's not like the NFL where you have Adam Schefter and all those guys. So it could have just been rumblings or somebody saying, well, maybe he doesn't want to be in Calgary anymore. I've, I haven't seen anything like that. Every interview he ever does, he can't. Well, I know he's supposed to say it, but it's always, I love the city. My family loves it here, blah, 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 blah. I don't see him leaving, but yeah, no, the possibility yeah. is there. I feel like if he was still a young guy, there would be more, uh, and I'm not calling him old or anything, but he's in his 60s. Why would he want to go to Regina for a team that is 1-10 at this point? Man, this team could realistically be 2-16 and 16 at the end of the year. I don't know. I'm sticking with Calgary. <laughs> yeah, the guy's got his rings. Like he's gonna. He's got another chance at going to the Grey Cup again this year, and probably, well, 
maybe winning it, he can go wherever he wants. Yeah. If he weren't, if he didn't want to stay in Calgary, any team would hire him. Saskatchewan probably be my last pick right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a guy that came from Saskatchewan. And has his contract running out at the end of the year. Kent Austin gets fined. It was really a bizarre play. Did you see what happened there? Yeah, I was watching that game. We ended up having a having a day off of work, and uh, I don't even think he should have been fined. It was really it weird. He was already walking that way, and granted, he did bump into Stala on purpose. You can tell he looked right at the numbers when he did it. It wasn't malicious. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He was just trying to get in his head yeah i've never seen a coach do that mike tomlin maybe when he didn't get out of the way yeah that was pretty sweet i like that (laughs) that that was awesome yeah (laughs) but i mean i five grand for a cfl coach that's a lot of money yeah i'm sure the tie cats covered it or oh probably or tim hortons (laughs) but i i don't i don't think he should have been fined i think you know Maybe getting a call from the league, granted, should have been dealt with like that for sure, but I don't think a fine was necessary. He didn't, wasn't going out to hurt the guy or anything. He was just playing head games. I wonder if it's a thing because uh, Austin and Stalla know each other. Uh, obviously, Stalla was in Hamilton. I don't know if it's a buddy-buddy thing or maybe, yeah, the coach is playing head games. That's pretty funny, though. Oh, the, st- the stare down after the bump was something else. That'd be like the Eskimos sending out Chris Jones to the coin toss. <laughs> well, he wouldn't shake anybody. He never shakes anybody's hands anyway. Well, he does this year, apparently. Yeah, he does now. <laughs> hey, well, Huffnagel, oh. remember when he ditched the uh, Coach of the Year announcement at the Great Cup? He's like, yeah. no, I'm out of here. I'm not winning. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. Later. <laughs> he even had an aisle seat, so he probably thought he was going to win. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, uh, last <laughs> week, it was, uh, I think, Cleveland that ended up releasing Terrell Pryor, former Oakland Raiders quarterback. And as a Raider fan, I kind of felt like, I guess he kind of got a fair shake, but I felt like he has a lot of potential. He's got an arm on him. He's a good rushing quarterback, but now all of his practice roster time is done in the National Football League. So if he doesn't make a 53-man roster sometime this season, he's done down there, but he is on the BC Lions nag list. I wouldn't mind seeing him up in BC, and you have to think... For a quarterback, that might be the perfect necklace to be on right now because that is a position where the Lions are going to be like, uh, sorry, Lule, we can only wait for you to be healthy and for you to shake the rust off so long before we bring somebody else in. Yeah, well, he's obviously on the practice roster in the NFL for a reason, but I'd like to think his skill set works in the CFL if if he can stay healthy too. He's been hurt a couple times down the NFL, and yeah, BC is the perfect place for him because you know that he's going to get a shot, especially the last two or three years, Lule hasn't been able to stay healthy, whether it's his legs or his arm, and you know, sometimes all a guy needs is a shot, and it, BC would be a, total, it'd be a totally different offense they'd have to run having prior, but I mean, if Lule's not going to stay healthy, there's no reason that he wouldn't, that it wouldn't be a good fit. Yeah, I do feel like he's uh, better uh, fitted to play up here than Tim Tebow, which uh, I oh. know you love Tebow. Well, I'm G- Gator Chum. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the guy's got a Heisman and two national trophies, but everybody hates him because he's garbage. Well, I feel like maybe the bigger CFL field, like if all you know five receivers ran the same route, he would hit one of them. I doubt it. <laughs> it's like Donovan McNabb dropped back seven-step drop and throw it two yards over the line of scrimmage right into the ground with pressure time. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. <laughs> Another NC2A quarterback uh, that has been talked about a lot lately, lately uh, in the CFL is Taz Boyd, and he ends up signing in Winnipeg because, 
let's face it, he's never going to have any playing time for the next, like, I don't know, 12 years in Hamilton. So <laughs> I could see him, uh, you know, doing something in Winnipeg in the next few years because there's another team that needs next to start. Next few years, next few weeks. <laughs> hey, come on. They got Matt Nichols. Is he not number one on the depth chart right now? <laughs> Holy. Come on. Look at all the wins Matt Nichols has this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> one with Winnipeg. <laughs> hey, he won a bunch with Edmonton. Did he win those or did the defense win those? They were only allowing 12 points a game. Hey, the record says Nichols did it. I get, well, yeah, quarterback. <laughs> wins aren't a quarterback stat. You know that. I know that. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm just being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's... No, but Winnipeg's obviously they're in trouble as per usual the last five years at the quarterback position. And that's always where they seem to get burnt, and they bring guys in that are good on other teams. But the minute they get to Winnipeg, it just seems something must be in the water there. They get hit, they get hurt. They they end up with the third string guy that looked really good in preseason. The fans fall in love with him. He's done now. They bring in Brom, who played like absolute garbage on Labor Day, and then they make the trade for Matt Nichols, and Nichols wins him a game, so now you know everybody's going to fall in love with Matt Nichols until he has another three or four interception game, and they lose by 20. Yeah, that team, does it show how good Drew Willie really is? Because it's scary. when he's in there, the Bombers are actually a competitive team. We, we saw it in week one against Saskatchewan. That was that was a back and forth offensive battle, and uh, when he goes down, they are nothing. You'd think he suits up at linebacker too, because their defense becomes terrible as well. <laughs> Man, oh yeah, that team. I don't even know what's going on in Winnipeg. You look at them, and one week they look like they're a legit football team. And next week they come out looking like Pop Warner. Yeah, that offensive line is just so inconsistent. They they revamped it getting ready for the year, and it's having and the same traded, old issues. They traded Greaves, which made zero sense, unless you're Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they had to make up for that Ricky Ray trade a few years ago. <laughs> oh, the one that the one that cost Tillman his job. Yep, that one. <laughs> That might be my favorite trait because now we didn't have to play Ricky Ray three times a year. That's actually the guy I see that could be back in Saskatchewan at the end of the year. Is he allowed in Regina? Uh, well, they don't have to say he's there. You know when WWE had the anonymous general manager, they could like oh. do that. <laughs> they they could like get, do that with Eric Tillman. Yeah, they'll get Rod Black to walk up to the laptop, and everybody will just yeah. turn the channel. <laughs> I have an announcement from the anonymous general manager. <laughs> Click. We have traded Darian Durant to the Montreal oh. Alouettes for <laughs> um, some new football. Player, player to be named later and cash considerations. And a kicker. <laughs> yeah, third string kicker. <laughs> Let's get to the fantasy news. <laughs> Time for the Fantasy Expose on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, this is kind of a unique week for me because uh, Saturday night I was uh, at wrestling. Friday night I was at uh, Weird Al. And then Sunday night I was at the zoo. So I watched all four (laughs) games on the PVR when I got home on Sunday. Started with Hamilton and Toronto. And you know what? I just hate, I love when these teams play each other because they hate each other and it's, it's legit. Oh, it's it just makes for great football and great TV. And as far as I'm concerned, it should be just like hockey. They should have the benches on the same side. <laughs> well, in Ottawa and Montreal, I think they do have the benches on the same side. I, I think it's isn't it Ottawa and Hamilton? No, I, I think it's Montreal. Okay, because I know in, in yeah in uh, Ottawa they do, and that's. What happened there a couple weeks ago there was Edmonton getting yeah. all the flags because they were in the bench, but it just makes for great TV. And you don't, and they, the two teams being competitive at the same time doesn't hurt either. It was just a great football game and it ended up the better team, in my opinion, won for sure. So if they have a great cup at TD Place in Ottawa in 2017 and the Argos cross over to the West and we have the Argos and the Ticats playing in Ottawa? 
they would probably make them go on the opposite sidelines, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Damn. Which would suck for everybody in attendance. <laughs> but let's be honest, if it's Toronto-Hamilton in the Grey Cup in Ottawa, me and you might be the only ones getting out of there alive. <laughs> Yay, we're the green guys. Don't hurt us. But it's like going going to L.A. You don't wear red or blue because you don't want to be affiliated with the blood or crips. Well, you're not going to wear blue or black. <laughs> In Ottawa, you're just going to wear green and sit there with your mouth shut. Yeah, I'm neutral. You can't hurt me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Chad Owens uh, continues to be a non-factor for the Argonauts this year. I I don't know how they can get him more involved, but when they got those rookies in there, uh, Hazleton, Elliott, and Gurley, who had a massive game, 107 yards, uh, seven catches and a touchdown. If you uh, saw him flying under the radar throughout the preseason and you drafted him in fantasy, you are oh. loving the value you're getting right now. Good for you. Yep. <laughs> like, this guy, he just makes catch after catch after catch. And they're highlight reel catches. He moves the chains. You can be that possession receiver if you need him to be. He gets his hands on the football, catches the football, doesn't lose it. And he can burn any DB in this league, and that does nothing but help out a young quarterback like Trevor Harris. And obviously uh, the Argos are in a playoff spot because of their offense. I, I do feel like if there's a weakness with both the Ticats and the Argos, it has to be the rushing attack. Uh, and I feel like it could catch up to them as the weather starts to get a little bit colder. The Ticats, it seems like so far they don't need a rushing attack. <laughs> like, well, it, I mean, they have the best quarterback in the CFL. Who knew? Yeah, it just it just doesn't matter if they run the ball or not. I mean, Ray Hawley had 11 carries for 51 yards, but there have been games where he, he'll get like 20 yards and the Ticats still put up 400 yards of offense. Well, Labor Day, a bunch of his carries were in garbage time, trying yeah. to run out the clock after Claros had already put up 400 yards. But when you get into late September, October, and start playing those cold-weather games, it's going to be a little tougher to throw the football. And they're, they're going to have to figure out how to get the running attack going. And same with Toronto. It seems non-existent there. And neither team can really seem to keep a running back healthy unless his name's Anthony Coombs. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, Toronto had a good start to the year with Whitaker, and he had an okay game because the touchdowns, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. But even with Cackert coming back, uh, they're just not running the ball at all. It's all about the receivers there. And same with Hamilton. They have so many weapons that they spread the ball around so much. One week, it's Terrence Tolliver going off. Then it's Sinkfield. Then it's Tasker. Then it's Underwood. And Fantuz and Bakari Grant are hurt. Like, it's insane the amount of depth this team has. Is it the new Canadian Air Force again? Like, without the Canadians? <laughs> like, when the Riders had Bag, Getzlaff, and uh, Fantuz all together, and there was nobody that could stop that offense unless you could stop stop the run. Well, Hamilton now, they don't even try to run the ball. <laughs> They're just like, They don't whatever. have to. Yeah, and they, they just crush you. And that's... Man, they, the scary thing is, is that they have a they have a player like Band, Brandon Banks, and he doesn't even oh. need to play offense. No, he he he's a one man wrecking crew on special teams. Like yeah. it's every time he gets the ball, you don't you don't change the channel on a punt like you normally would. Like, yeah. Oh, it's a punt, whatever. No, you you got to watch Speedy B because you never know when he's going to bring one back, and that that turns momentum in a game on a dime, right? And that's my big praise to the Canadian Football League now because, you know, I've tried to watch American football, but before the snap, I'm like, why are these receivers not moving? And then <laughs> and then, uh, when the kickoffs happen, it's just like, oh, great, another touchback. Oh, great, yeah. another fair catch. They're, they're taking the foot out of football, and uh, the, the the Canadian Football League kicking is more important than ever. I, I know we're going to get to the game in a bit, but the Ottawa-BC game, there was a 47-yard convert. <laughs> Wait, oh, man. It, 
don't get me wrong, I, like a convert should be a little easier than that. But <laughs> at the same time, they don't they don't want the automatic one point done. I get it, but maybe just assess the penalty on the kickoff. <laughs> yeah, that forty-seven like, there, yard. There's some guys that won't hit a forty-seven yard field goal in their in their career. I know. <laughs> Let alone for one point. Yeah, that that was I thought I thought that was classic. It's like uh just go for two here, but they they nailed the forty seven yarder for a single. Classic CFL. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Davis continues uh, to have a great season. Uh, he had another interception, but uh I think the most disappointing thing from this game is that there were no double doubles. Again. Yeah. You'd see a defense get all these turnovers. I know. <laughs> Team can't take care of the ball. You think, oh, there's got to be one guy with a sack. Nope. It's funny because the moment that we created the double-double stat category, which I expect to see on CFL.ca by the end of the year, by the way, um, <laughs> there has well, not been I, a if single. If I end up winning the pick em pool, I'll see what kind of strings I can pull. Yeah, you're 21st in the country. We will get to that soon. That is amazing. <laughs> uh Let's get to a game where there's really nothing to talk about. Uh, the Banjo Bowl, twenty-two to seven. That could be one of the ugliest games I have ever watched. I'm so glad the Jays were playing. <laughs> there was a point, oh man, in the second quarter where I think there was about eight, eight plays in a oh. row where there was a flag. And did you? I think it was in the second half. The, they were measuring the play, and the chain gang had it. it <laughs> I was like, "Oh, right on, Ryder stopped him. Here we go. We're gonna." Yeah. Nope, guess not. Never mind. The, like it, it, it felt like the ultimate fix was in that game, and uh, oh, the fix was in. And, and Brett Smith is getting a lot of flack for this game, but man, uh, the Winnipeg defensive line looked like they had four Cameron Wakes up there. It was just they flew. Through that offensive line like a hot knife through butter. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous how how often they could get in the backfield like that and just give Smith no time. And weird, Chaplin didn't make any uh, adjustments on that O line to pull a guard over or have his protection shift one way or the other, and just kept letting Smith get uh, beat up. So there might be another guy looking for a job in the off season. Look, I just have no idea how Messam gets 20 touches uh, in Labor Day, and then here he gets uh, 11 touches, two were passes. But give it to your horse. Like, they were, uh, they had five turnovers, I think, and uh, what, one touchdown off of them? Like, it was just. Uh, you guys averaging seven, seven rushes or seven yards a rush, and Chaplin won't give him the ball. Yeah, every second game he seems to give them uh, the ball. We do have a uh, double-double alert from this game, though. Uh, Khalil Bass ended up getting a sack and an INT. So uh, I feel well, like we, I feel like we need a drop for that. I, I, I have no idea what <laughs> it would be. Like uh, maybe an April wine song with coffee pouring into a cup or something, like double-double alert here. Or here's your double-double, sir, you know, something like that. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, a little bit of CanCon couldn't hurt. Yeah, we are Canadian as Canadian can be. Other than that, this game, uh, Nick Moore had three catches for 103 yards, and it looks like he will be out this week as the Bombers get ready to play Montreal. But (laughs) other than that, man, it looks like Siobhan Walker and Cameron Marshall are now uh, officially splitting carries uh, for the Bombers. Other than that, yeah. uh, it was just a terrible football game. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's forget about that one. Now, <laughs> Saturday was a doubleheader, and the Stamps go into Saturday night's game against the Eskimos, riding a twelve-game regular season win streak, and eleven-game regular season. I thought it was twelve, and then thirteen, including playoffs. No, it was eleven. I've been listening to twelve sixty up here. In beautiful Boyle, Alberta, <laughs> and yeah, it's eleven regular season, twelve if you include the West Final. Oh, well, I'm sure some Eskimo fans will correct us. Uh, I think it's twelve. 
I thought it was well, May gonna, 12th I'm, with Labor I'm Day. I'm going to trust Dustin Nielsen to tell me all I need to know. Yeah, he was on the sideline for that game. So, uh... Oh, that poor, poor man. <laughs> Pouring rain. All he had was like a thin garbage bag. I ended up, of course, selling my tickets for the game because I was watching some WWE wrestling. And then uh, the girlfriend ended up giving me crap. We could have saw the steps lose. Yeah, and we also could have been soaking wet. We also could have had pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh, wrestling over pneumonia any yeah. day. Neil- Nielsen actually blamed Ryan Rashog for not telling him that he needed to bring an umbrella and a rain jacket just in case. <laughs> yeah, all he had was a suit jacket and a garbage bag. <laughs> Shog, and then Ryan Rashog's in Penticton, plus 27 weather, watching the weather's rookie camp. So <laughs> he's got it pretty good. That is a, that's great. Uh, Kenny Stafford, you know what? He uh, he only had the three catches, but they were for 109 yards. Darius Bowman, six catches for 104 yards. To go along with, uh, I would say, about six drops, uh, you would send out a tweet, <laughs> he caught the ball! <laughs> oh, hey, you go from being one of the most, well, first in Winnipeg, he goes from being a guy who can't catch a ball. Yep. Then he goes to being a guy to being a guy last year who, is your, your number one go to guy. He's going to make that catch. He's going to make the play for you. So this year you don't know what you're going to get, and that doesn't help when you have your backup quarterback in there to begin with. After Riley getting hurt, but Riley coming back might make a difference there. More used to the timing, more used to the the, the way the ball is coming to him. So that might change. But you don't who's number one on that depth chart for for Edmonton receivers? Well. I, I guess on paper it would have to be Bowman, but now we've seen the emergence of uh, Walker, who, what, he's got 600 yards in four games or something like that? Yeah, he's been okay. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I picked him up in my fantasy league. Oh, what a beautiful pickup, by the way. Because I think you tweeted me, and you're, or you texted me, who's got Walker? Yeah. You do. <laughs> you wouldn't even reply. Yeah, you're right. I just ignored you. <laughs> <laughs> you were so upset. I take you back and I say, like, so he's like, yeah, I know it's you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which uh, the 2 and out uh, uh, podcast warriors are doing terrible in that fantasy league, man. Oh. You're not last. You have two wins now, so. I know it's scary how good I am with uh, Jeremiah Johnson and Darrell Walker and, you actually and Darius have, Bowman. You actually have a tie too. Oh yeah, it's like kissing your sister. <laughs> actually, it's more like kissing John's sister. Oh man, <laughs> I am not cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh great. Oh poor John. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> so the Eskimo game, uh, Shakir Belt. He he looked good uh, again, uh, and he seems to have a bad ankle. But uh, he's he, he stayed in this game uh, the entire time. The whole Eskimo defense is awesome. It just Riley comes in, and they are a completely different team. Uh, three hundred fifty-two yards through the air, three touchdowns, and that was with eighteen incompletions. But some of it. Was there's probably about seventeen Bowman drops, and then the rest were probably because of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the third quarter, he throws one up, and I think it was Stafford running the post, and the ball hit the fifteen yard line and dropped. Yeah, it was uh, the wind was so bad. Yeah, it, it, it was bizarre. It's going back to Riley there coming back. You know, he's healthy, gets a start. You can tell that that team. Not saying they didn't play for Franklin. They obviously did. They won games. But just having Mike Riley back there just seems to be a calming presence in the locker room, in the huddle. Guys just seem to be more comfortable with him out there. They know what they're going to get from him. He's consistent game in, game out. And, you know, the result was obviously there Saturday night with a big win. And, you know, now they're tied again. Or, no, not, they're not tied. Well, the game they're on October 10th. Back. The game on October 10th uh, will decide uh, the season series between the, sta- the, yeah. the Stamps and the Esk. So that one could be for 
first place, but both of those teams are going to be playing in Tim Hortons Field soon. So uh, (laughs) those are going to be some good games, Edmonton-Hamilton and Calgary-Hamilton. I think both are uh, Grey Cup previews there. As for Calgary, man, Eric Rogers, did you see the catch he made where it kind (laughs) of... It went almost th- died. It went oh well that one too. But oh, okay, the ball went through his hands and then oh. he, he fell over and squeezed it in between his legs. Yeah, that my my uncle got so upset at that he actually left the room. <laughs> Is he an Esky fan? Die hard. Oh, he got up and he left the room. <laughs> you can't even argue with that. Catch. He didn't catch it with his hands. Burr, 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 and then he left. Oh. <laughs> You can't argue with that. <laughs> like that, that's just great athleticism. Oh, yeah. Like that, you see that once once every five years, a catch like that. Like, that's ridiculous, really. He had no business catching the ball. No, and it didn't touch the ground at all. I'm like, no matter how many times you uh, look at the replay, that is a catch. David Tyree-esque. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, there was that uh, play later in the game, or, yeah, it had to be later in the game, where he was already hit, and then Sherritt comes in and lays down the boom. For some reason, I don't know how, but he hung on to the ball, and he got up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was mainly just uh, instinct? he was unconscious, probably. <laughs> I think it was instinct. Like, that was insanity. Oh, I don't know. Like, he's already hit. J.C. Sherritt comes flying in there like a bat out of hell, pardon the language. Yep. And absolutely just, there's no way, there's no word to describe what Sherritt did to him. Annihilate? Is that a good word? Yeah, destroy, annihilate, <laughs> crumple. Yeah. Like, just, he ran, th- he went through him. Yep. Like, he hit. If there was three Eric Rogers behind him, he would have hit the third one. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, and Rogers All hangs right. onto the ball and uh, gets up. He's like, eh, that was your Whatever. best shot, eh? Yeah. Play, playground fight. Oh, is that the best you got? And then all of a sudden you're knocked out with the next hit. Yep. So we'll see what uh, Calgary does coming up. Uh, Cornish will be returning. Uh, Fuller, uh, Rogers, McDaniel, those are your horses. They're always spreading the ball around in uh, Calgary. And uh, their defense uh, still looking awesome. Charleston Hughes, Fred Bennett, all those guys. You, you know what you got when it comes to the Calgary Stampeders. And I know all the trade deadlines are passed when it comes to fantasy leagues or a a lot of them anyway, but last year Eric Rogers was one of those guys that kind of came out at the end of the season, helped them out in the playoffs, so there still could be a few of those guys, uh, injuries coming off the practice roster, whatever, that show up and uh, start to you know play some great ball. Uh, Ottawa and BC, Ottawa looking for their first win west of Ottawa. They haven't won a game outside the eastern time zone, let alone west of Ottawa. And they come into BC, cross-country trip, and Burris puts in a performance, and Jeremiah Johnson as well, like two touchdowns, 98 yards, 47, 57 yards through the air. Like the guy, the offense is starting to click in Ottawa, and it could be scary for the rest of those Eastern teams. They could end up catching catching up to Toronto. Or no, they are in second, are they not? Yeah, they are right now because uh, they played one less game than Toronto, yeah. so they've lost uh, one less game. So, yeah, Toronto's got to keep pace with Ottawa now. And if Ottawa keeps playing like they are, I don't see how they don't get a home playoff game. The thing that I don't get, Andrew Harris, four carries. When you have the best offensive line in the league, four carries to probably the best running back when Cornish is out. At the beginning of the year, he was an MOP candidate. The guy looked unbelievable, but now they're just not giving him the ball. And we saw with Cortez in uh, Saskatchewan last year, just being stubborn. Uh, if, <laughs> and he he didn't change his offense at all when uh, Durant went down. We knew that Sunseri couldn't uh, run much of an offense, never mind the one that Durant was running. Uh, but I, I have no idea why Harris gets the ball four times he he did have three catches but he needs to see the ball more than that their offense really didn't do anything at all it was the special teams that kept them in the game yeah well 
you know, Luleo, that's their yeah. that's their guy in BC, and having John Beck come in, yeah, he had a good game there last week when he filled in after Luleo got hurt, but there is a learning curve, even though people look at it, oh, it's just to see a fellow, how hard can it be? It's still professional football, you're still playing against men, there is a learning curve when guys come in who haven't got a lot of playing time, and it showed. Yeah, and especially uh, people think it's hard for quarterbacks. It is insanely hard for quarterbacks because the Americans come up north and you forget there are two extra guys on the field, uh, including the offense. So there's more people to account for on the field. Mm-hmm. You get an unstoppable uh, motion nonstop, and you got to have that play ready on a 20-second play clock. I would like to see Peyton Manning call. Uh-huh. Man, he takes 40 seconds every single play. I, I watched some of that Broncos-Baltimore game because I had a sports luck ticket, and I could not believe. Like, I remember him in Indy, and last year, you know, yelling Omaha 30 times. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> still, it seemed like the offense had a little bit of pace. But now, like you said in the preseason, he can't feel his fingers and all that crap. So, you know, he's using up a lot more time. I can't believe how boring it was. Yeah. I don't like to give John Fraser credit, but he did say Brad Sinopoli was a uh, dark horse at the beginning of the year and six care or six catches, 102 yards. He has another great game. Ernest Jackson has a great game. Uh, Chris Williams is there. Uh, Greg Ellingson, you know, he didn't have the best game, but he continues to make those circus catches, man. That guy is uh, an awesome receiver. As for BC, there is really no... Uh, viable options on the fantasy side. Uh, But I think Burnham could turn into something maybe as the season goes on because it looked kind of like Tedford was trying to do an American-style offense up here with the tight end. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was not working (laughs) at all. So uh, on paper, it looks like the Lions have a great receiving core, but right now they're just not getting it done. Uh, Burnham looks like he does have some potential to do things for you. Uh, What else is there to say about that game? Emmanuel Arsenal needs to keep his mouth shut. Yes, man, that guy. uh, And I heard the guys from the BC Lions then, Mojo Kemp just went off him saying, man, maybe this guy needs to worry about his own play. Uh, you know, saying Montreal not, isn't good. Hey, Montreal's not any good. Well, maybe you shouldn't call the, the kettle black. <laughs> yeah, he had, pot. he had four catches for 23 yards, so it wasn't like... Yeah. Uh, and he was calling out Javon Johnson on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a real good idea. Yeah, so Johnson, seven tackles and an INT. He <laughs> he stepped up to the plate. The thing about Ottawa here, the, the it was 31-18. Oh, if they would have finished drives, this game could have actually been about 63 to 18 because uh, Milo had five field goals. Uh, well, I mean, it's a good thing the Riders got rid of him then, right? <laughs> yeah, for a 65 year old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, well, you know, we saw it in Saskatchewan and in Hamilton with Henry Burris. He's a little bit Swedish because he's got no finish. <laughs> Sorry to borrow the hockey reference, but yeah, he's he just has that tendency to, you know, he can drive the field and then just can't quite finish that drive off of the touchdown. They end up settling for for a field goal. It didn't hurt him in this game, but at some point, those are going to come back to bite you, and you're going to start seeing the, the losses pile up. Uh, we'll quickly mention TSN uh, Fantasy here. I am top 70 in the country right now. I'm trying to win myself uh, a suit from uh, Morris. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> uh, last week, now this was my roster. Everyone was amazing except for my receivers. So I had Caleros and Jeremiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. I had Justin Medlock and uh, the Red Blacks defense. But I had Eric Rogers, Terrence Tolliver, and Darrell Walker, which on paper is like, yeah, that's awesome. But uh, (laughs) my kicker outscored my receivers combined. (laughs) 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 Like, I just can't get it right, but I'm still doing pretty well. That sounds like a John Fraser-esque fantasy team. Yeah, no kidding, man. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the person in first place... Uh, her name's Melina. She's actually, uh, I just found out, in my NFL Fantasy League. What? 
So uh, if she wins like this more suit, I'm going to try and uh, get that off of her because I don't need the Grey Cup trip because I already paid for it. I think my strategy <laughs> next year is to – there's so many contests to win trips to the Grey Cup. I'm just going to try and win every one before I pay for anything. <laughs> that seems like a terrible strategy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the picks. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right, uh, I feel like I should just leave this segment up to you because you were 21st in the nation in CFL Pick'em. I am uh, top 3,500 in the nation. I guess I can uh, <laughs> I can put my hat on that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than being 3,600. Yeah, that's true. John Fraser is top 4,300. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Don't. <laughs> Don't take that as a victory. That is my new goal. As long as I beat Fraser, then wow. it's it's a victory. I think that should be the goal for everybody in our pick'em pool. Yeah, I think anybody that's ahead of Fraser should get donuts. I like that. Like if you're behind him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Evo still is at zero and still not in last. <laughs> so. Who is behind John Fraser? Oh, actually, about half the group. Wow. Yeah, he's picked it up now that he's remembering to make picks. There's actually a couple people in our group. Uh, Grant, Bossman Grant, uh, minus 105. And uh, Derek. Quit. And Derek is a minus 183. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> Well, anytime you can beat Fraser at something, it's kind, of, it's kind of nice just to watch him kind of melt down and get angry at nothing, and then five minutes later he's buying you a coffee. Uh, <laughs> I actually never thought I would do this show and uh, feel like a whole new man, but I, I totally do. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's start with Friday. Uh, I think this one's easy. Uh, Lions in Calgary to take on the Stampeders. Uh, stamps at home after getting beat. By Edmonton, they got BC coming in. BC doesn't have a legit start, a number one quarterback right now. I don't see any way Hoffnagel doesn't get his guys to show up for this game and probably lay a licking on BC. Yeah, Friday night football stamps. Uh, I, I got them as well at McMahon Stadium. This one, I think, uh, probably could be game of the week. Tie Cats home to the Eskimos Saturday afternoon. Who are you picking? Oh, cue the Arkells. Okay, let's play the Arkells. <laughs> so uh, one loss at Tim Hortons Field so far against the Montreal Alouettes. The Eskies can't make it too. It's tough to say. The one thing that does scare me is Hamilton went in to Edmonton on August long weekend and laid a licking yeah. on the Eskimos. The Eskimos are going to come in. Their pride's probably still hurt. They're probably still looking a little bit of their wounds from that game, coming off a big emotional high off of Calgary. You know they might come into Hamilton and. Do the same thing Hamilton did to them. At the same time, you don't want the highs to be too high and the lows to be too low, and this might be a crash for Edmonton coming off that big win over Calgary. So i yeah. got to go with Hamilton. Yeah, I, I want to go Hamilton, too. Now, speaking of laying Lickens, uh, the Red Blacks laid the smackdown on uh, the Riders a few weeks ago. The last game that Corey Chamberlain uh, coached for the Riders, uh, that one, to me... <laughs> they might have had a better chance if they let Brett Smith in uh, the entire game, but that that's history. This one, Mosaic Stadium, Saturday night. Kevin Glenn gets the start. Do the Riders get win number two? No. No! No. Auto, Henry, Henry Burris coming in, in to Regina usually plays half-decent. He doesn't need to play half-decent. All you got to do is throw to Macho Harris the side of the field, and you're going to rack up yards. You're going to rack up points. <laughs> they got no middle linebackers right now. Everybody seems to be hurt. And now Kevin Glenn coming in. Yeah, Grady knows the playbook. He's been there all year. Hasn't taken first-team reps in weeks. He's been hurt. 
he's going to be shaking rust off. Ottawa's going to run away with this one, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'd i like to pick the Riders. Uh, they've burned me all year. Granted, I think I've picked them every week because I'm an idiot, but uh, <laughs> I think the win against BC last week for the Red Blacks, uh, Ottawa's first win in Vancouver, I know they were gone a few times, but since 1990, that is so long ago that the Bombers were good. Uh, <laughs> so I think that that win might be really big for them. They've won two in a row. Uh, I think they could actually make it three straight against Saskatchewan on Saturday. Uh, this one might be the garbage bowl. Uh, Bombers and Alouettes Sunday. Do, do I have to make a pick? Yes, you do. Uh, well, give it to Montreal at home, I guess, would be the only reason it's tough to say really like they're not going to be favored by much if they are favorites with Matt Nichols at quarterback for Winnipeg he's a bit of an upgrade over their other backups but Kyrie C. Banner's had a couple really good weeks the defense is somewhat showing up uh quarterback whoever they decide to put in or whoever is playing at the time seems to get it in Montreal so it's really tough to pick Winnipeg because you never know what you're going to get and they don't they're not very consistent so I'm going to stick with the Owls on this one. This one, to me, is uh, interesting. Uh, I think at the beginning of the week, the spread was uh, Owls win by 10, which I think is in, kind of an insult to the Bombers. Like, but, Yeah, the Bombers on the road only score 17 points a game. Yeah, they aren't good on the road at all. Uh, Rakeem Cato not at practice on Wednesday at the time of recording. And Jonathan Crompton was actually practicing with the starters. So uh, we have no idea who's going to start for Montreal. I guess at this point it, it might actually be Crompton. Uh, Cato, he's had a family issue. It looks like one of his family members were in a car accident. So he hasn't been around the team for uh, a while. A little bit different than the Michael Sam personal issues Thing, which a lot of people were comparing them for some reason, but Crompton might start for the Owls. Uh, I don't think it matters who starts that game at quarterback, honestly, for Montreal. But I'm going Winnipeg. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I, I liked how their defense looked last game. I like uh, how Matt Nichols kind of brings a calm to that offense, uh, even though they're calm without quotation. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're without Nick Moore, I am going to have to go uh, Bombers for that game. I guess that does it for the picks. Uh, Brazilian Tyrell, uh, thanks for filling in as co-host this week. Not a problem, buddy. Glad to do it. So what's going to happen in Winnipeg in November? Is, is, is this Brazilian actually going to happen? Well... Looking at the Red Blacks record right now, it might be a legit possibility. I mean, if they win this week, they're at seven. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I, I really don't know what a Brazilian entails because I really don't know anything about that. I I do. Like, <laughs> like, if you look at me, I don't think I've ever seen a strip of wax or a razor in my entire life. So, uh, <laughs> other than your shin, yeah, I had my legs waxed for telemiracle. Whoop whoop! Bring those phones. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, a Bra- uh, Brazilian, huh? Uh, let's just say everything from uh, the top of the knees up and everything from the waistline down, <laughs> front and back. Um, what and back? Oh my. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Groupon and uh, 25 bucks. I might have to call them first to see if they do male Brazilians because I think that's a little <laughs> bit. I think that's a different game. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if they'll do it on location at wherever Greg Zahn's having his Grey Cup party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's start tweeting Zon. Uh, Brazilian Tyrell showing up to the party. Bring the Pilsner. Uh, I do have the bone to pick with Zon because I, I tweeted him last year asking if there will be Pilsner at the Zon party, and there was no Pilsner. What? No, there was only Budweiser. Well, I mean, that's not terrible. It was free, so. Oh, yeah, so let's start complaining about free beer now. <laughs> 
Hashtag, you must work in radio. Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's start that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this show is Jump the Shark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, uh, I think we'll be back next week. If not, uh, we'll get you on again. Uh, you can follow uh, you on Twitter at Brazilian underscore <laughs> You guys kept calling me, and so I figured I'd just embrace it. Well, it is a great nickname. I'm uh, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for coming up with it. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Not a problem. Talk to you later. All right. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Two and out CFL. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. I will be here next week. Who knows who else is going to show up, but I will talk to you then. <laughs>